The GX on Agriculture podcast is brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. When you're in the market for a new Ford, stop by Future Ford for a great selection of new and used vehicles. GX on Agriculture with Doug Falconer. Good afternoon and welcome to GX on Agriculture. Coming up on today's program, grain markets are showing downward movement this week. We'll hear from PI Financial Commodity Futures Advisor Adam Piccolo. An independent economic analysis of the return on investments by the pork sector into research credits that research for a 3.5% increase in the sector's productivity. We'll hear from Daniel Ramage, the General Manager of Swine Innovation Pork. Pulse breeding in Saskatchewan is headed in a new direction. As we've heard over the past couple of days, the Saskatchewan Pulse Growers has partnered with Lima Grain. Jason Reinheimer is the head of cereals and pulse research with Lima Grain. He notes that some of their pulse varieties are already in the registration process. All of those stories and much more coming up on today's edition of GX and Agriculture. But first, it's time for the Agriculture Outlook with Precision Weather. Agriculture Outlook with Precision Weather. With Phil Spivak from Precision Weather. And Phil, we have some thin cloud here right now, but that storm that hit us for the past couple of days seems to have passed. Yeah, there are still uh, some areas of snow. Looks like uh, most of that, though, heading uh, pretty far across uh, Manitoba and even I'm not even seeing a whole lot uh, beyond just a few flurries for most areas. So, yeah, we're, we're pretty much past that. Uh, partly to mostly sunny sky now through the day. It is still cold, and that's causing some problems with the, the melting situation. Two problems. One is that things aren't melting, so it's a little slippery. The other problem is, is that things are melting, which means they will get slippery again because temperatures are only getting a little bit above freezing this afternoon, just enough in that sun. Uh, even with the air below freezing, the roads under the sun getting a little chance to warm, uh, we're right back down to minus 9, spending uh, the majority of the night below freezing. The temperatures above freezing this afternoon very short-lived. So uh, anything that does melt, which again, will be quite a bit of it, will go back to ice. So expect another night of very slippery conditions through uh, likely as, as any time from mid-evening is when things should start to refreeze right through the night. Into the day tomorrow, it's not much better, but time tends to make things a little better overall. Uh, we'll be around 2 degrees through the day tomorrow after that low of minus 9. Tomorrow night could be even cooler. The wind progressively lighter uh, through the day today, through tonight, through tomorrow. We'll be down uh, averaging around 10 kilometers per hour by tomorrow night, even uh, low, lower than that at times, later nighttime through Sunday. Temperatures, though, cool still. Only minus 11 at night, Saturday night. Three degrees on the plus side on Sunday. Monday, partly sunny, near 2. Watching some warm air, which is really building uh, pretty far northward toward the border. May get a little bit above the border, but not enough. Most of us still quite chilly. Uh, into the new week. The weather is dry, partly sunny sky both Monday and Tuesday, but the warm air is going to likely, if it gets to the Trans-Canada, not much better than that uh, for, for northward progress. So in the Orton area, and especially points north, we're stuck at 2 on Monday and 4 on Tuesday. The warm air will continue to push. It'll get here. It'll just take uh, through at least midweek. That's Phil Spivak from Precision Weather. Temperatures around the region this hour. The Paw is at plus 3. Swan River, zero. Dauphin and Roblin, as Brandon, all at plus one degree. Show Lake Russell, minus one. 
Regina, Broadview, Mooseman, and Indian Head all reporting in at minus one degree. Saskatoon and Winyard, Wadena, Kelvington, zero. Hudson Bay is at plus one. The Yorkton-Melville region has a mainly sunny sky. A north wind at 32, gusting to 41 kilometers an hour. 64% is the relative humidity. The temperature is zero. With the wind chill, it feels more like minus 7 degrees. Yesterday, Yorkton reached a high of minus 2 degrees and dropped to a low of minus 4 degrees. According to Environment Canada, we received 0.6 millimeters of water-equivalent precipitation in the 24-hour period ending at midnight last night. I think we received a fair bit more than that. The normal high for this date is plus 12 degrees. The normal low is minus 1 degree. The sun rose in Yorkton at 5.42 this morning, and it will set at 7.56 tonight. Extreme temperatures for Manitoba and Saskatchewan yesterday. The Manitoba hotspot was Barron's River at plus 7 degrees. The cold spot was Churchill at minus 15 degrees. The Saskatchewan hotspot yesterday was Stony Rapids at plus 8 degrees. The cold spot was Collins Bay at minus 10 degrees. And that's a look at your agriculture weather. Welcome back to GX on Agriculture. Grain markets were showing downward movement this week. PI Financial Commodity Futures Advisor Adam Piccolo says canola is down $20 per metric ton, while spring wheat futures have declined about 20 cents a bushel. Starting off on the canola front, the July canola contract, which is really the main one to be watching now, May is still on the board, but uh, will be expiring here soon. So again, the July canola decreased approximately $20 a ton on the week. When looking at the wheat front, the May Minneapolis wheat, again, that's uh, not the most active contract. The July is now. So on the July front here, we saw it decline uh, approximately 20 cents a bushel here, where we sit uh, under 8.50 a bushel now here on that contract. So this week, definitely a few things that traders have been watching. The first is that uh, the U.S. dollar has started to creep uh, back up high. And that's one thing that we mentioned kind of last week is how the U.S. dollar has definitely kind of been affecting a lot of the U.S. grains here recently. The second thing that uh, kind of affected grains, it seems, this week is crude oil declining. Crude oil is now almost closed uh, a gap on the chart, which implies that we could be seeing it to head a little bit lower still. And we saw a couple of weeks ago that OPEC cut production, oil prices jumped over $80 a barrel, uh, and now we're sitting below that, sitting around $78 here. So there has been some bearish as well, too, developments on the soybean side of the markets, and I believe that's weighing on the canola market as well. Piccolo notes the dry conditions in the United States aren't really pushing up the markets at all. You know what, right now it seems that there's still 
ample global supply on the wheat side right now. And there is actually rain in the forecast for Kansas. So that, I believe, has kind of you know added to the bearish note kind of of the market. On the kind of the Ukrainian side of the, the markets, grains continue to be transported across five countries in the east of the block, which has reduced the risk associated with another Black Sea deal in the future. So that's kind of one thing as well that I'm, I've been kind of talking to clients about. He then goes on to the outlook for next week and beyond. Well, on the canola front here, I do want to see the July canola hold that $700 a ton. Uh, that is definitely kind of, you know, a, a support for that market. Looks like we are headed to around that 720 right now. Uh, on the wheat front, similar as well, too, the trend is slightly lower for sure with $8.20 a bushel being support that was made last, uh, kind of in early March. Adam Piccolo is a Commodity Futures Advisor with PI Financial in Winnipeg. It's time now for the AgReview portion of our program. GX94, AgReview. Syngenta Canada has announced that it will release a limited amount of Matador 120EC insecticide and Volium Express insecticide in Western Canada, with a focus on horticulture and pulse crops in time for the 2023 growing season. This distribution decision is in response to the Pest Management Regulatory Agency re-evaluation of Lambda Cyalothrin, the active ingredient in Matador 120EC, and Volium Express. Effective April 29th, crops treated with Lambda Cyalothrin cannot be fed to or grazed by livestock in Canada, including any harvested grain, seed screenings, hay forage silage, byproducts, or aftermath. Syngenta says based on available market statistics and discussions with industry associations, the majority of horticulture and pulse crops are used for human consumption. However, they say it's important to note that screenings of pulse crops that were treated with Lambda Cyalothrin cannot be used as feed. The French Health Safety Agency has cleared the use of phosphine pesticide in contact with grains exported outside the European Union when importing countries require the process. That averted a halt to shipments from the EU's top grain exporter, in late October, the agency cleared the use of phosphine tablets used for killing pests through fumigation, but said they could not be in direct contact with cereals, thereby threatening exports to some of France's largest markets, including Algeria, Egypt, and Morocco. The ban on direct contact of phosphine with cereals was due to take effect on April 25th, but after government intervention, the agency amended the authorization to include a reference to an EU regulation that says that maximum residue limits for pesticides do not apply to non-EU country exports if it is possible to demonstrate that the treatments are required or accepted. The International Grains Council has raised its estimate for total world grain production in 2023-24, its forecasts on corn and soybeans were increased as well, while production estimates for wheat were held steady. The London-based IGC issued its latest supply and demand report yesterday. 
World grain production was bumped up by 8 million metric tons from the IGC's March report, bringing it to 2.29 billion metric tons. That's 39 million tons more than where the Council pegged the previous year's output. Increases in corn and soybean production, led by Brazil, resulted in the IGC raising its call. The global grain trade was cut by 4 million metric tons in April at 407 million, which is slightly below that in 2022-23. The U.S. Department of Agriculture's attaché in Spain is projecting an increase in grain production for the European Union in 2023-24. In the USDA's Global Agricultural Information Network report released Wednesday, the attaché pegged the EU's 2023-24 grain production at 284.7 million metric tons, 17.9 million more than this year's crop, which was hampered by drought. Initial crop conditions were deemed favorable across the EU, while also noting that rains will be needed to replenish soil moisture in Portugal, Spain, and western France. Russia's full-scale invasion of Ukraine and rising food prices caused a stagnation of grain demand, but the larger production will reduce imports by 8 million metric tons to 27.4 million. The total seeded area is slated to increase by 330,000 hectares to 51.4 million, while ending stocks in 2023-24 are projected to be 31.3 million metric tons, 1.5 million more than in 2022-23. Climate scientists are saying that the world could set a new average temperature record in 2023 or 24 fueled by climate change and the anticipated return of the El Nino weather phenomenon. Climate models suggest that after three years of the La Nina weather pattern in the Pacific Ocean, which generally lowers global temperatures slightly, the world will experience a return to El Nino, the warmer counterpart, later this year. And be sure to listen to the latest GX on Agriculture podcast. It's brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Future Ford has been serving the Melville area for over 30 years. They focus on the future. Their staff are ready for what's to come. Ford Tech is changing all the time with new vehicle technology like EV, self-driving, and more. Get ready to drive into the future. Why? Because the future is Future Ford. Welcome back to GX on Agriculture. I'm Doug Falconer. It's mainly sunny and zero in the Yorkton-Melville region. I'll have your complete weather details coming up at the top of the hour. An independent economic analysis of the return on investments by the pork sector into research credits that research for a 3.5% increase in the sector's productivity. Daniel Ramage, the general manager of Swine Innovation Pork, told those on hand last week in Winnipeg for Manitoba Pork's 2023 annual general meeting that the return on investment study was done to get an understanding of what the impacts of investing in research are. 
He first explains what Swine Innovation Pork is. Well, Swine Innovation Pork is a national organization for uh, research in the pork industry. And so our membership brings together provincial pork organizations from across Canada. Uh, that's groups like Manitoba Pork uh, and their counterparts across the country. Uh, and we work very closely together to advance research priorities on behalf of pork producers. Ramage then explains what prompted their study. The return on investment study is something that we did to get an understanding of what are the impacts of investing in research. It's something that we can use to communicate uh, and, and understand the value of investing in research. Uh, and it was something that was required under our, uh, under our cluster program funding uh, to make sure that we have an understanding of, uh, you know, what are the impacts, what are the benefits of investing. Uh, and so we hired third-party consultants, economists, to do a, a, a review uh, of our past clusters of, of research that had been completed uh, between 2010 uh, and, uh, and 2018. Uh, and the economic impact study gave us a sense of, uh, you know, uh, an understanding of, of how much knowledge has been generated through research investments, and then how does that knowledge translate into higher productivity for the pork sector. So we've seen some really interesting outcomes uh, from that study. Uh, you know, for example, uh, the estimate in terms of the productivity impact of uh, uh, $30 million research, uh, invested into research over that time frame uh, is uh, over 3.5% uh, increase in productivity for the pork sector. So that speaks to the value uh, of investing in research uh, because greater productivity has a positive impact for the bottom line of producers. Uh, it's what makes us more efficient and more competitive. He says the cost of the pork sector research is clearly worth it. Well, when you think about an increase in productivity and, and at the level of, uh, of three and a half percent, I think that speaks, uh, in, uh, that speaks really well to the importance of continuing to invest uh, in research and innovation. Uh, the Canadian pork industry, on an annual basis, if you look at the economic footprint of the industry, uh, it's over $24 billion a year, uh, you know, in terms of, of jobs that are generated, in terms of product, uh, value uh, and in terms of processing, all of that combined is over 24 billion dollars. Uh, and so, if you if we can strengthen that economic footprint uh, by investing in research and innovation, uh, and if we have returns like a three and a half percent increase in productivity, well, then that's what pays dividends. Uh, and again, that's what makes us more competitive uh, and and uh, and more efficient as an industry. Ramage notes Swine Cluster 4 is about to start up and he tells us how it differs from Swine Cluster 3. We've seen some structural changes to the agri-science program and, and that's been driven by policy changes. So there's a, a greater emphasis than ever on climate change and environment. And so of course that's driven by, by government policy. But I think it's also in response to changing consumer trends and uh, just changing consumer reality, uh, changing global realities uh, where 
where there's greater recognition of the importance of, uh, of sustainability in agriculture uh, and in, in the Canadian pork sector as well. So that's become a, a much stronger focus for us, uh, both uh, in terms of, uh, of the, the, the Canadian pork uh, cluster, uh, but also uh, in, in terms of responding to that government programming. Beyond climate change and environment, we're also uh, keenly focused on continuing uh, to, to develop projects that will enhance economic competitiveness and productivity, uh, and then beyond that, into projects that will support our resiliency as a sector. So things that can, for example, help us address foreign animal diseases, improved biosecurity. Uh, these are things that are really critical. And so, uh, you know, when you look at the cluster as a package, it really is cohesive uh, across those three areas, from climate change to economic growth uh, to, uh, to resiliency for the sector. Ramage then talks about the time frame the program is working under. So we've submitted our cluster application in January, and uh, right now we're patiently waiting. They, there's there's a, a review process that has to take place, uh, and so we're expecting to get a, a response back to that uh, later this summer. And so uh, you know we're we're really excited about it. We think that we put forward a very strong cluster program. Uh, we have proposed a total of 19 projects, and so we're hoping that we receive uh, the the maximum amount that's available. Uh, again, because the economic impact of the Canadian pork sector, I think, speaks for itself uh, and the value of investing in research. We've demonstrated it through our return on investment study, and we know that uh, investing in research in the pork sector is going to pay strong dividends for producers uh, and uh, for the Canadian economy as a whole. Daniel Ramage is the general manager of Swine Innovation Pork. Livestock market conditions. U.S. live cattle futures for June closed at 164.52 today. That's up 17. August live cattle closed at 163.55, up 12. May feeder cattle closed at 212.40. That's up 5. August feeder cattle closed at 229.87, up 35. May lean hogs closed at 77.02, up 20. June lean hogs closed at 86.07, up one full cent. And that's the livestock market conditions. Pulse breeding in Saskatchewan is headed in a new direction. As we've told you over the past couple of days, the Saskatchewan Pulse Growers partnered with Lima Green in July of 2022. Jason Reinheimer is the head of cereals and pulse research with Lima Green. He notes that some of their pulse varieties are already in the registration process. I was in Canada, I think it was two weeks ago now, uh, at the registration meetings in, in Banff. And at that meeting, I had the pleasure to participate in in the, the registration meetings, which was related to the pulse crops. During those meetings, we were successful in getting support for registration for 12 uh, lentil varieties and 5P varieties. So... You know, within the, those uh, lines that we had supported for registration, we have a good cross-section across all uh, major 
um, classes in both pea and lentil, so both green and yellow peas and uh, small red uh, and and the different green lentil types. So, you know, in, in that material, I, I see a lot of high-performing and, and, you know, lines with uh, the potential to deliver a lot more value to growers. And so I guess the next step for us is to uh, find partners who are going to facilitate us in, in bringing these lines to market and ensuring that, um, you know, we're able to enter the lines into into provincial trials, ensure that uh, farmers can gather, you know, the most um, up-to-date evaluation data on, on these new lines. And then, and hopefully the next, you know, two to three years, we can be delivering uh, new varieties and, and having farmers growing uh, varieties through this commercialization path. He then shares some of the new materials that will be seen in pulse crops in the future. Uh, Yeah, sure. Um, This is an area that I'm quite excited about. Uh, You know, I did allude to the the work on the phanomyces in peas and and a lot of the research in in this area has has come from both Europe and and North America. But, uh, you know, being able to uh, quickly manipulate uh, the genetics behind some new sources of, of variation for that really important trait for me is, a, is, is such an important thing that we can do very quickly. So, um, but one of the one of the things we need to develop uh, to be able to do this well is uh, the molecular tools and the platforms to be able to, uh, you know, quickly understand the genetic variation you have and combine it together into into high performing commercially. Uh, viable products and so the beauty of working in a in a company like limograin is we invest in uh, a, a diversity of crops uh, we have some crops that uh, are able to generate enough revenue to be able to invest heavily in in new technologies corn for example is is one that um that we were able to to invest heavily in new technology and what that enables us to do is to leverage the existing technology that's been developed and apply it to some of the smaller crops that would not necessarily have this kind of investment in, you know into in molecular platforms and, and other ways to manipulate uh, you know in the breeding program so for us now it's 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 really important that we take these these technologies such as rapid cycle breeding genomic selection macro assisted selection and other tools uh, and apply them to 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 lentils and peas and and then you know we're able to increase the rates of genetic gain much faster and deliver them faster uh, to, to Saskatchewan growers. Um, you know, one of the other key targets that uh, SPG and Saskatchewan growers have, have communicated to us quite strongly is about herbicide tolerance systems in, in lentils. And, you know, obviously this is a key focus for us as well. And just, you know, finding the right research and, and, and partnerships to be able to, you know, tackle this this issue um, most effectively is something that's high on our agenda and, and, and something we've been working very intensively on over the last little while. Reinheimer says they're also looking at developing herbicide-tolerant varieties as well as achieving root rot resistance. Uh, yeah, Saskatchewan Pulse growers uh, haven't asked for the easiest uh, of tasks for us to, to tackle in terms of uh, the root rot. Uh, but, you know, for us, you know, when we, when we get a clear signal um, and we have a clear breeding target, uh, something like uh, a phanomyces resistance in, in both pea and lentil, we can mobilise um, a lot of resources and a lot of focus to, to be able to um, really try and tackle the problem as quickly as we can. And so, 
you know, I, I spoke about uh, existing variation that we have access to. That's great. But you have that in isolation, then, you know, where's the delivery going to happen? And so for us, where and when? <laughs> and and so for us, it's it's really about combining together all of the different elements of, of the breeding program, all of elements of you know not only the research but also the development and also the delivery parts and so you know for, for us right now um with this being a key research target and a key delivery target uh, we we're able to you know not only have the genetics but also have the phenotyping capacity have the genotyping capacity and also um the ability to to cycle things fast not only in breeding but also in terms of seed production so I guess my, my take home on on that particular topic is that we can move fast. Um, I don't want to overpromise on on anything because it is a complex issue. But I think you know, in in combination with not only our internal capability and capacity, but also you know, leveraging the existing um, investment by SPG and others in in Saskatchewan in Western Canada, partnering with you know experts on on a topic like aphanomyces i think we can work collectively to to, to try and uh, tackle this issue quite quickly and and, and i can guarantee that you know it, it's a it's a key focus of us uh, to, to try and help uh, solve this issue for saskatchewan growers jason reinheimer is the head of cereals and pulse research with lima green his comments come from the latest pulse of the prairies podcast Commodities Update. Canola futures closed up in the nearby months today. May canola closed at 764.60, up $6.80. July canola closed at 729.90, up $2 per metric ton. May Minneapolis wheat closed at 847 per bushel down eight and three quarters of a cent. May Kansas City wheat closed at 8.40 and three quarters, up a half a cent. May Chicago wheat closed at 6.61 and three quarters, down six cents. May corn closed at 6.63 and a quarter, down a half a cent. May soybeans closed at 14.83 and a half, down 14 cents. May oats closed at 3.33 and a half, down 9 cents. And that's the commodities update. Corteva AgriScience has announced the commercial launch of Adevelt Active, with recent product registrations in three countries, Canada, Australia, and South Korea. Portfolio Marketing Manager Kirsten Ratzlaff tells us what Adevelt Active is. Yeah, Adevelt is um, a new active ingredient that will be um, a very useful active for pulse growers in uh, in Western Canada. So it will be a component of our new fungicide called Zetigo PRM. And so this product will provide multiple mode of action protection against some really critical pulse diseases uh, for Western Canadian farmers while providing um, a, a really critical tool for resistance management. She says their testing on the product was successful. Yeah, absolutely. Adevelt has been uh, developed by, by Corteva. It is a, a novel mode of action, a novel Group 21, very unique fungicide active that Corteva, Corteva has been developing and working with for um, you know, quite a number of years. So we're really excited about bringing uh, this new technology 
to uh, to pulse growers and uh, in, in providing a really, uh, I would say, a new tool in the toolbox when we think about disease management as well as, um, you know, resistance, uh, fungicide resistance management. Ratzlaff tells us what form it takes. Yeah, Zetigo PRM is a, it's a liquid fungicide. It is a, a co-formulated multiple mode of action uh, fungicide. So it's a very easy formulation uh, to work with. So it's, uh, it will provide a, you know, a really good application experience for, for farmers. She explains when it should be applied. Yeah, it's, it's a foliar fungicide um, option, so you know, will be applied, you know, really as a preventative fungicide. So prior to, you know, the development of uh, of diseases in, uh, in 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 pulse crops. Ratzlaff says Adavelt Active is now available. Yeah, so there's a you know a limited amount, limited amount of uh, product available for the 2023 season. So very uh, limited introductory volume. There's also will be a large scale trial program um, available this year as well too. So I you know absolutely I would encourage uh, you know growers and 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 retailers to reach out to their local Corteva territory manager to see how they can uh, um, see Zetigo PRM this summer. She tells us what types of pulse crops will be assisted by the fungicide. Very effective, um, you know, fungicide for, um, you know, for, for pulses. Uh, for the 23 season, we are targeting uh, lentil crops, uh, Doug. So for those that um, are growing lentils, this is going to be an exciting uh, product in, in that space. And we have, you know, plans to um, expand this product into um, our other core pulse crops in, uh, in for the 24 season. Ratzlaff is excited to bring this new product to market. When we think about, you know, new technology and ensuring that we keep all of our uh, tools and our toolboxes active, and, and uh, this is going to be a really important development, and um, novel mode of actions don't come along every day, so we're really excited to be able to provide a, a Group 21, which is a very unique group in this space, and, and to provide a high level of protection in, uh, you know, really important crop segment, which is, which is pulse crops here in Western Canada. And as for the cost of Adavelt Active? Yeah, I would encourage, uh, you know, customers to talk to their local retailer um, about uh, the, the price for Zetigo PRM, and that information will be, uh, be with their, their local retailer. So I would encourage them to reach out to them or to their local Corteva Territory Manager for that information. Kirsten Ratzlaff is the Portfolio Manager for Corteva AgriScience, and she's based in Moose Jaw. And, of course, GX on Agriculture is always available on podcast. Listen to past shows whenever you want. Find them easily by going to gx94radio.com. Also, you can hear the podcast on your Amazon Echo. Just enable the GX94 skill and choose GX on Agriculture. And, yes, it's free. It's now 1 o'clock in Saskatchewan, 2 o'clock in Manitoba, Time to check the GX94 Precision Weather Forecast for the Quill Lakes, Hudson Bay, Swan River, Broadview, Mooseman, Indian Head, and Yorkton, Melville, Roblin, Russell regions today. Partly to mainly sunny, winds north-northeast at 20 to 40, then diminishing, a high of plus 1. For tonight, mainly clear, winds north-northwest, diminishing to 10 to 15, and a low of minus 9. For tomorrow, sunny. Winds northwest at 10 to 20, 
a high of plus 2, an overnight low of minus 11. For Sunday, mainly sunny, a high of plus 3. Monday, partly sunny, a high of plus 2. And Tuesday, partly sunny, a high of plus 4. In the Paw, it's plus 3 degrees. Swan River is at 0. Dauphin, Brandon, and Roblin are at plus 1. Show Lake Russell, minus 1. Regina, Broadview Mooseman, and Indian Head all reporting in at minus 1. Saskatoon, Winyard, Wadena, Kelvington, 0. Hudson Bay is at plus 1. The Yorkton-Melville region has a mainly sunny sky. A north wind at 32, gusting to 41 kilometers an hour. 64% is the relative humidity. The temperature is zero. With the wind chill, it feels more like minus 7 degrees. That's your agriculture weather, and that'll do it for GX on Agriculture for today. Be sure to tune in again on Monday at 12.15 Saskatchewan time for another edition of the program. The GX on Agriculture podcast has been brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Future Ford is your automotive expert. From sales to service, they're the ones you can trust to get rolling again sooner.